calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out. I'm Ellie Brigida. And I'm Lee Holmes Foster, and here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. As always, we want to let you know you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We are releasing bonus episodes once a month for all of you. So if you cannot get enough of Les Hangout and you want more, you should join us there. Our last episode was on Nimona. And our next episode is going to be on the miseducation of Cameron Post. In the greater Les universe, we'll start with the most depressing of points, which is that Canada recently went ahead and issued a travel advisory for LGBTQ plus people traveling to the U.S. all the way down here across the border in the land of nonsense. So, yeah, that's cool. Everything's going super swimmingly well. We're we're doing we're doing great, great, great. great. We're doing great. Yeah. It's Gay really rights good. So, for all. So yeah, that's fun. Always fun. Sorry, sorry, Canada. With I think sorry. the solution is for all of us to just go to Toronto and Ooh, hang out yes. with all the queer web series stars. Let's do it. That's it. In other more silly news, Riverdale <laughs> finally ended after seven seasons. And the ending has really shocked, titillated, and excited the queer community. Confused. Confused. <laughs> Yeah. Because they ended with a queer poly quad between all of the four main characters. Betty and Veronica are making out. Archie and Jughead getting together. There's this whole picture of them all holding hands at the movie theater. And you know what? I don't know why people are surprised. No. This is the Riverdale ending I expected. <laughs> um, After seven seasons of like complete queer chaos. I, this is listen, the only I, I, reasonable explanation to end I Riverdale. I apologize to Ellie because I just told this story, but I feel like our listeners need to know as well, is that I saw a lot of people posting about this on Twitter, and the other top response that I saw, other than just people going like, what the fuck, were people saying, also, why does why does Betty look like she is straight out of like the 1950s? Like, why is everybody suddenly old-timey? 
And I saw a number of people who were ju- who just responded, "Oh, they traveled back in time when the comet hit." I listen. I have barely made it through an episode and a half of Riverdale, so as far as I know, listeners, don't quote me on this. As far as I know, that is actually the real answer. I don't. I'm very confused by this. You show, could say but anything I, about Riverdale, and I'd be like, "Yep, that happened." Yeah. So, so tracks, yeah, comet, right? like time traveling, quad. Polyquad, like it all. Tracks. Nothing, nothing, nothing is beyond no. the pale. No, but I do respect their commitment to just being like, we don't want any of your ship wars. Everyone is they're all just, together. Everyone's that's fine together. Yeah, yeah, great, love it. Also, we realized we had done a huge disservice because over our hiatus over the summer, many of us, including me, discovered the absolute joy that is Deadlock. And so if you haven't, we just want to make sure that everybody heard about it. If you haven't watched Deadlock yet, it is available on Amazon Prime, I think. It's an Australian spoof crime, like buddy cop, like homicide investigation. And it is so, so gay and so funny. So if you haven't checked it out yet, please do yourself a favor. uh, Look up Deadlock. I'm obsessed. I loved it. So. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee, and welcome to our 110th installment of Should Have Been Gay. Oh, it was fun, it was great, but it should have been a little dark And in this week's episode, grab your keys and your special rocks. It's about to get spooky in here. <laughs> Let's get spooky. <laughs> Let's get spooky as we as we continue with our attempt to focus on some new topics, some new things, new types of things. And this I think is this our first official book should have been gay. I think it probably is. And as a reminder for those of you who are just joining us, we are currently in the midst of the SAG and WGA strike. So in that vein, we are not covering any movies or TV shows that are under the umbrella of the SAG strike. So today we will be doing a book instead. We did a song last last time. So we're trying to be creative here. If you have any other suggestions for us, please let us know. Hit us up. Today we're going to be talking about the book Coraline by Neil Gaiman. So I know if you're looking at it and you're like, but that's a movie. We're not. We're not talking about the movie. We might talk a little bit about the movie, but we're focusing on the book, the book by Neil Gaiman. And so the only my only problem with uh, us trying to do this, Ellie, is I really miss my IMDb synopses, but I found a back cover book synopsis of Coraline. So that's what I'm going to read for us. And it is as follows. When Coraline steps through a door to find another house, strangely similar to her own, only better, things seem marvelous. But there's another mother there and another father, and they want her to stay and be their little girl. They want to change her and never let her go. Coraline will have to fight with all her wits and courage if she is to save herself and return to her ordinary life. Good synopsis. It's not bad. See, right? I mean, book, I will say like book, book covers, covers much better than yeah. the IMDb synopsis. Somebody <laughs> things, edited that shit. with editors. Yes. <laughs> that was Already. perfect. That had many stages that in between. Had subjects, yes. you know, nouns, verbs, lots of stuff going on. Correct sentences. Wow. 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 Book covers. Well Good done. Good job, book cover. I will say that Lee has read the book. I have not. So... 
<laughs> Ellie has seen the movie, though. So based on your rough idea of this uh, story, do you want to give me a gay synopsis? Yes, I can give a quick gay synopsis. The back book cover also has inspired me. So, okay. Coraline enters this new gayer world and is enthralled by her lesbian neighbors, her upstairs bear ringleader, and her new non-binary best friend until she realizes, as all baby gays do, maybe this gay world is just as messed up as the straight world. (laughs) It's not better at all. It's not better at all. And she's like, you know what? I can go back, but I'm going to bring a little bit of this queerness that I found back to my ordinary life and merge the two into a much more into a world that has far more of a spectrum of sexuality. And that's our happy ending. There's a spectrum. Is is there a happy ending? (laughs) Okay. here's what I would say my gay synopsis of Coraline. The, The book is I think we have Coraline. She is a young, adventurous, independent young gal. She's got one mother, sure, but she's got another mother too. She gets locked in the closet, you know? Mm, she's got lots of metaphors a cat. Here. I just <laughs> I just she's got gay neighbors. I just think there's there's a lot of when you, there's a lot of queerness in this story and I want I wanted to dig into it that's all. for sure I mean I think you could also talk about and correct me if I'm wrong about the book but like the whole thing is right Coraline's parents are like oh they're so boring and like they don't pay attention to her and like I feel like they're like oh this little gay child like just be normal and she's like I'm sort of weird and quirky love me yeah 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 I Coraline to me as a character feels very she's queer coded in the same way that your Harriet the Spy Ooh, characters yes. are Have always like still a little not queer done Harriet coded. the Spy I think we have Oh my god yeah. I love that movie So I I just I feel like there's a there's a similar vibe to me of you know oh I'm just I'm, yeah, I'm a little eccentric. I'm out here on my own doing my own thing. I'm going to go exploring. I'm going to go talk to my neighbors. I'm going to like, you know, go play outside and and uh, and scheming, especially like the scheming mm-hmm. too, as you get a little further on into the story. Like I just, I think there's a lot about Coraline that resonates with a certain experience and depiction of youth queer you especially yes. as like a young girl <laughs> yes that feels very precursor to gay awakening in a few years very pre-gay, you know? yes so yeah. lee why don't you give me a little bit of a rundown of what happens in the book it's very it's a very similar story overall the plot wise is very very close i would say actually i think the main difference to me is that they did add that character of the, the boy in her building in the movie, which again feels like a little straight washing. Okay, so you um, think the book is even no, more gay because they literally were like, we're not even going <laughs> to yeah. have any sort of other, like, I mean, I don't think I wouldn't yeah, consider there's no why other be her there's like, love interest, quote unquote, but like they could try to be like, oh, this boy is stalking her and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, I just think anytime you take a story and you're like, you know what this needs is like, a lead, another kind of lead character of the opposite gender. Yes. It's like, does it though? Does it really? Does any story really need that? No. Okay, so YB doesn't exist, but the cat is there. 
the cat is there. And so the the main story is Coraline is she yeah, they move into this new apartment she's exploring. She's just, you know, going out side and going around the building you meet the neighbors you meet miss fink and miss forcible who we will for sure okay. be talking more about you meet the the guy with the mice who can't say her name and her parents are kind of working a lot and busy and she's just trying to entertain herself and she finds this little door and doesn't have the key immediately but eventually kind of comes across the key goes through the door into the realm of the the Beldam, the other mother, and is like, oh, this is fun and new, but like, why are your eyes all fucked up? And like, what's going on, right? And and then meets the cat. The cat can talk in the other world and starts realizing like, hey, actually, it's a little sketch and sus over here. Comes up with this plan to leave because the Beldam has now trapped her in there and has to hunt down all of the souls of the other children and find her parents who have gone missing and does all of that, goes back through the door. I do think it's a little different than the movie and how they end the book because she basically, she goes back through the door, but the the other mother's hand follows her. Mm -hmm. And is like trying to get the key back to reopen the door, and so she ends up like trapping it in a well or something. That's what she does in the in the movie too. Oh, does she? I haven't seen the she movie in a long time. She traps the so. hand in the well, but then after it's like, oh, my parents pay attention to me now, and like we're all in the yeah. garden, and like everyone's happy ever after, and like YB's grand grandmother now can go to the house because there's no bad memories there anymore, and blah blah blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's I I think general plot wise the 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 book. I mean, again, it's not a long book, right? Like it's kind of a shorter. It's a quick, easy, fun read. If anyone's looking for one, um, I do recommend it. And I think the thing is maybe maybe one of the reasons for me that reading it feels so gay is it's really hard to get through a story that that uses the phrase other mother <laughs> so, so many, many times, times. And you're like hmm. so many times mother <laughs> yeah and so it's like right off the bat right you have this like here's my mother and here's my other mother and so i also you think ship that it's the mother and the other mother together <laughs> is that what you're saying <laughs> do do we ship someone with the other mother i think the other mother ships herself with the mother. That's mm. let's put it that way. I have this theory, right? Because <laughs> you know when we talked about Summerland last season and we were like, is this the most like far-fetched way for gays to start a family that you could come up with? Is like, we fell in love, but then you broke up with me because you wanted children and then you got married and then you shipped me your son and now your husband died in the war and we could be together, right? Mm. Is there anything more far-fetched than that? And I think the answer might be, like, I am a fairy creature from nightmare land who wants to go and abscond with your children and call myself their other mother and maybe we can just raise them together, together, Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, even though I I know that's not super her plan. Yeah, that's never really the the active plan but if we're gonna make it gay she does not give a shit about her like i feel like her her the other mother's other father character is like right is 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 like literally just a figment of her imagination right like is a monster that she created like she's not in love with him like she could be in love with 
the the mother on the other side. When when you talk about bearding, I'm pretty sure for me the ultimate bearding would be here is a skin suit <laughs> that here's I a have skin suit cre- man and he'll here's do a my skin suit he will do fake my bidding. man yeah right who exists only to be an extension of my will in the rooms that I happen to not currently physically be in so that I can have eyes and ears on my kidnapped child at all times Beard. like that feels a little gay, right? Like, he's not really a thing. He's not a person. Mm-mm. He's not there. And literally, she, you know, when when she kind of, you know, realizes that Coraline is losing interest in him and that he's not being very convincing, she's like, well, I'm just going to check you down in the basement and turn you into, like, a literal grub monster. Like, that's oh yeah, kind that's of gay how culture. the Beldam treats men. And it just honestly it feels this is giving me like like the Babadook is queer culture. Yes, like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're that's exactly like, yes, what it the is. The other mother is queer. Like that's why it. do why do we as gay people do this to ourselves? We're like, why that are we always like horror creature? Oh, that's us. Horror nightmare monster. <laughs> that's that me. I see myself. <laughs> yes, queen. Like what is wrong to be with there, us? She is very queen. Like when she becomes her like monster self at the end like she is like she's drag queen city like she could be what is a halloween costume i'm like it's yes mother (laughs) (laughs) yes mother i'll stay with you can sew my eyes mother (laughs) (laughs) step on me other mother i I can't i can't do it i just I, but yeah, but honestly, though, what is it with us and like, a, why do we constantly want to associate with like under the bed scary monsters? Like, why? Why? It's the and camp. She's terrifying. It's the camp of she, it she all. She is campy. It's the camp of it all. She is campy. There is yeah. something even in the pictures. Like Coraline, the 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 book is full of illustrations, and they're a creepy, but they also feel very campy. Like there's just something about the other mother with her little button eyes and her long, spindly, scary fingers, and her and she's just like, oh my child, Coraline, and you're. Like I, you're terrifying, and I kind of love you, and I also I don't I don't want you to exist. But like, hey, <laughs> I also feel like there's like another layer layer of it. Okay, like if we dive into like the psyche of Coraline, right? Coraline is a neglected child, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coraline does not feel loved by her parents, right? Like that's just baseline, right? She's not paid attention to. She's not loved by them, like. In the end, they sort of try to be like, oh, she realized they really did love her. And you're like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about that. But like this is like a gay story of like neglected child meets. Let's say that this other mother is not actually like a a a mother, but like an older figure, like like a Carol of sorts. Right. Okay. Older lesbian. Right. And you don't. What like you don't quite get it, but you're like, huh, this person is giving me these things that like I've never had before. And then you're like, I think I'm in love with them. Right. Because it's like all the things that your parents never gave you. Like this is psychology 101 when people seek out a partner to like give them all the things that they never got in their childhood. Right. And this is a definitive like (laughs) 
this person gives you this. That, and she's like, I'll give you everything your mother never gave yeah. you. I'm and then you're you like breakfast and I want to play with you always. And yeah. then later on, you're like, wait, this person is toxic as fuck. I got to get out of here. Like, this is the beginning and the end of a queer relationship. Like that first gay relationship where you're yeah, like the bad one, the bad the, one, the bad one, the bad one. <laughs> yes, the bad one where you're like, wow, this is the first time I've ever gotten anything like this. And then you're like, oh, but she's been manipulating me this entire time and she wants to sew buttons in my eyes. Gotta run. Like, that's it. Don't you hate when, I your, hate first when, that, when your first girlfriend's like, stay with me and let me sew over buttons your in your eyes and trap you in a nightmare fairyland? I, it's just it's the, the worst. worst. She's like, let's you haul. And you're like, why are you not a human? And why do you have weird? Why are your fingers getting longer and longer? What's happening? What's happening? Why do you want to eat my soul? Like, you know, it's just, <laughs> it just happens. Yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not great. Mm-mm. But yeah, I could totally see that as like a toxic first uncomfortable age gap relationship. Well, and here's okay, here's what the other mother needs to figure out, right? Because she's like, oh, I I captured your parents and I trapped them in this little snow globe so that they're out of the picture. And now nobody loves you and you have to want me to take care of you. And I'm like, this is not how you make a family, other mother. Maybe you should just try like talking to her mom, see if you guys can work something out. Like, Maybe you make everybody a dinner, you know? Maybe you share custody. Like, yeah, you send dad and skin suit dad to like the man cave in the basement and you guys all hang out, you know, just some girl time. At night, Coraline gets to come spend time with you. During the day, she's with the dads. Like, we'll fit, we'll sort it out. She's got dads, she's got moms, right? This is a modern family. (laughs) <laughs> I've got a father, another father, a mother, right? and another two mother. Two dads, it's, two moms. It's like, like that's yeah. it. Like this is this is the future liberals want. <laughs> is Coraline? <laughs> is Coraline? <laughs> is toxic family relationships? It's it's a literal nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah. So I just that okay that on its own feels a little gay to me. The other mother queer vibes. The other thing is I think that it's interesting that the other mother's punishment, right, when she gets upset with Coraline and she's like, you need to think about things. What she does is she throws her in a closet. It is a a closet that you cannot escape from once you're put in there. So someone else puts you in there and then you can't get out. And I see where you're going with this. Okay. And no, because it it only keeps getting better. And the way that this closet looks from the outside as you walk up to it, the door of it is a mirror. Oof. Okay. So yeah, right. Let's just like take a hot second and deconstruct that whole imagery. But let's do a, a literary analysis of these themes. Okay. So you have an inescapable closet. That someone else puts you into, and, and all you can uh, see, and the is... outside of it is a uh, is a mirror reflecting back as you look at it, right? So, okay, so that's where she puts Coraline, right? She locks her in a closet with the other already. children that she's previously locked in a closet. Yeah, with all the ghosts, all yeah. the ghost kid 
the, the ghost children. So that's what happens when you displease the other mother. And now, again, listen, all I know is typically when people are hurt, you know, they lash out in the way that they themselves were hurt. So I just think it's interesting that the other mother's form of punishing everyone around her when she thinks they need to be punished is to put them in a closet. Where did you learn that, other mother? What what part of your past You think because she had you... been in the closet previously, she's like, all right, now you get in the closet. Hurt people. I'm hurt, just saying. Hurt people, hurt people. Closeted, hurt people, closeted hurt people, people. Closet others. Like, that's what we're saying here. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Well, and especially because there's this one... There's this one quote that the other mother says at one point, right? Because it's when Coraline makes the deal with the Beldam and and she asks how she knows that she can trust her, right? Mm-hmm. So they make this deal where she's like, if I find my parents and I find the, the, the other souls, like you have to let me go. And she's trying to ask how she knows if she can trust her. And here's what the other mother says. She says, I swear, I swear on my own mother's grave. Does she have a grave? Asked Coraline. Oh, yes, said the other mother. I put her in there myself. And when I found her trying to crawl out, I put her back. Which, A, creepy vibes, super creepy in camp, other mother, love it. But also, clearly some parental trauma there, Oh, right? some serious mommy issues. Well, that's that's some what I'm saying. When you... Deep mommy when issues. When you have some deep mommy, right? The, the toxic relationship tracks, right? Mommy issues turn into mommy issues, like turn into relationships that are toxic. Like you are trying to like be the mother that you never had. You're trying to get the relationship from this per- like the things from Maybe that person you ever got. The from other your mother, mother like, just so. needs to do a little bit more reparenting work. <laughs> just... Yeah, a girl needs to get but... herself together. Does the other mother's mommy issues stem from being tossed in a magical nightmare closet? Could be. I'm just throwing that out there. I feel like the other mother is out of the closet in this thing, though. I mean, I think she is now, but I'm just saying when you have a character where that's their thing is they're like, I'm a creepy, campy, spooky woman who wants to call myself the other mother to a child and throw them in the closet, you know, while I'm uh, off, like, monstering up my beard husband. It's just, it's it's a little, it's a little gay. That's all I'm going to say. It's a little gay, other mother. So little gay. Little gay. So there's all of that to start with, right? All of these things about the other mother. The other thing that I do want to talk about a little bit with the other mother real fast before we move on. So the other mother, I think her name, right? She has this other name where she's called the Beldam. And the Beldam, I think, is supposed to be inspired by a John Keats poem that or like a yeah it's like a an old John Keats poem that's called uh La Belle Dame Sans Merci right so he writes this poem and it's a poem where it's sort of told from two different perspectives and it is first like the narrator and the narrator sort of talking to like a knight and he's like, whoa, what's up with you, Knight? Like, why are you so pale and, like, lying by yourself by this lake, like, looking not not so hot, right? Mm-hmm. And then it sort of switches into the perspective of the Knight, who's like, oh, yeah, I saw this beautiful woman in the fields, and, like, 
you know, she had this long, beautiful hair and these wild eyes. And then, you know, I followed her and made her like a a crown to wear on her head. And I put her on my horse and we like went off and she was feeding me stuff and it was great. But then she took me to like her fairy grove. And then I like fell asleep and had all these weird fucked up dreams of like all these dead people who were like, oh no, the, the you know, belle dame, which is like the beautiful woman, like the beautiful woman like mm. has you in her thrall. And like, and then I woke up here. I don't know. So <laughs> this, Freaky. this is my very literary analysis of a classic John Keats poem. You're welcome, everyone. Okay. So clearly you can see where the inspiration comes from, right? But I just feel like, again, so you have, you have a, a character in this poem. Her name is... La Belle Dame and, and Sans Merci is like, you could sort of translate it as like the beautiful woman with no, like I, mercy isn't the right word, actually, even though it sounds sort of like it, but like it, you could, you could get away with that, right? And, and so I just think that there's an interesting thing about this character who is inspired by a elfin fairy creature who seems to get her kicks off of like luring men to their death, right? So you're saying like she's luring men to her death. She's trying to like be a mother figure to people like just everything about her. Everything she's ever done. Gay. Right. Right. Like it's even just, in it's... the previous iterations of the Bell Dam. Gay. 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 Right. She sort of sounds inspired by like a gay forest nymph. Yes. Right. That. Yeah. <laughs> that hates men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man hating lesbian. Bell Dam. The Bell Dam. Yes. The uh, the other mother, if you will. Yes. Right? I see it. Like, maybe maybe pity. Maybe, like, pity is a better word. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, what's a good translation. But, I mean, it's basically it. It is, like, here is a, again, night. She's, she's not nightmarishly described in the poem. But you kind of get the impression that it's, like, hey, man, she gets her claws in you. Like, you're not getting away like you're not getting out you know what she wants to do is like devour men's souls for kicks sounds right don't we Which all just doesn't feel super hetero to me not super no not very straight <laughs> so i just i feel like the you know the whole mythology of the other mother just gay a little gay it's a little, a little gay. it's a little fairy creature of men's nightmares kind of Sounds right. Uh, A dyke. She's a dyke. She's a straight up dyke. (laughs) You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey, 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to talk about Miss Spink and Miss Forcible? Oh, God. Yes. Yes. I mean, are they this pretty similar in the book but to the movie? I again, I haven't seen the movie in so long. I honestly don't know. But when I was reading this story, like, okay, listen, you have these two elderly women living, living together with all together of their animals, with their, their dogs. million dogs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just that they're like kooky old ladies living together, which already gay vibes. Yes. Right. This is. Boston marriage at its finest. They're like, oh, we've had this apartment since 1907. You're like, okay, ladies. Yeah, they've been together since for like 80 years. Yeah, they've been together forever. Yeah. And they're both like theater, like actresses, right? They're both. (laughs) Part of it is so funny. (laughs) They both spend all of their time together reminiscing about their days on the stage and all of the shows that they did. And and when I was in this performance, and I mean, it just... Yes. And also, I don't know which one's which, to be honest. Like, Spink and Miss Forceful. But one of them has gigantic tits. (laughs) Like, huge. (laughs) But the other one is also obsessed with them. So it's like... This one has really large boobs, and then the other one keeps talking about her big boobs. And I'm like, you don't keep talking about them unless you're like, yeah, that's my girl. Look at that rack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like she's obsessed with them. That might get played up more in the movie oh, than in the book. Oh, they're gigantic in the movie. <laughs> like, gigantic. I just, I just picture these two little old theater ladies with their scotty dogs talking about all their stage stuff they feel so queer coded to me like this is classic like oh my great aunt so-and-so lives with her roommate right like yes roommates quote-unquote and they were roommates no and and even in like the other right in the other realm right the version of them is like still just the two of them of course and they're performing together and like their whole thing is like they did like an act together too. So these are like, these are women who have been performing together and living together. Like if there's yeah. nothing more gay than like working together, living together, like doing literally everything together. Like yeah. they are the definition of U-Haul. Buying dogs together. Getting dogs yeah. together and then also fighting incessantly. Oh yeah, they bicker like an old married couple. Because they are an old married couple. Yeah. And okay, other... Other things to me that read as gay about Miss Spink and Miss Forcible. Their names. They, well, <laughs> yeah, there's that. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) They spend a lot of their time trying to warn Coraline away from the little door and stuff, but they do it in in the book. I don't remember how they do this in the movie. In the book, they do it by reading her tea leaves. Right? And so I'm like, these two bitches are like just around the corner from her doing her fucking chart and like reading her tarot cards. Like they they're like, Oh, Coraline, what's your rising? Like what time what time are you born, Coraline? They are old (laughs) astrology gays. Yes. They They and they are are. they even bicker about the tea leaves. They're like, Oh no, I know how to read the tea leaves. No, I know how to read the tea leaves. They're like this. They're like this. Yes. It's also so funny too if like you look at the other mother as this like, you know, this older gay that they're like, baby gay, be careful. Be careful. You will fall into her gay trap, but do not fall for it. We've been there. Like, They're like, we've done toxic coming out relationships. We know what it looks like. Listen, I'm going to charge up a crystal. I'm going to get it to you. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, they are like, here's a crystal. This will save you. Like the yes. gay crystals will they, save your fucking life. They are so close to, yeah, having a fucking seance with, with Coraline right now. They own I mean, their own it's... magic shop. Like <laughs> they're like going to freaking festivals and like... Setting up their little like <laughs> Miss Miss Pink and Miss Forcible going to Burning Man, you know. Yeah, it's just... they are such like hippie lesbians, like to the max. <laughs> Old retired theater performance hippie dykes. I kind of love them. I love them too. I just and I I don't know. I just love like this is these are Coraline's neighbors, right? She has Miss Pink and Miss Forcible, and then she has. Uh, the guy, the, the amazing, who lives whatever. Upstairs. Yeah, he's the yeah, amazing, Mr. Bobo. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Right? Bobo. I think, I think he's Budinsky? Mr. Bobo, and yeah, but I think that she calls him Mr. Bobo or something. And he is again kind of a weird, eclectic dude who lives alone training mice. Like, oh yes, he's Mr. Bobinski. Yes, he also is a gay man living with animals, like you said, right? They got, yes. they got dogs there are upstairs. So many... They got mice upstairs. Like, this is a freaking, like, veterinary shop for the queers. And yes, he lives alone. He has a handlebar freaking mustache. He definitely works out. Like, he's like, I gotta look good for the gays. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, doing pull-ups to be like, all right, I gotta go to the club tonight. Gotta make sure I look good for all of these people. Like, He's a gay man, straight up. He's he's a gay man. Yeah, it's a little it's a little much. So I just think it's funny that Coraline's parents moved her into this super fucking gay apartment house full of gays with a secret passageway to, to a another world gay world full of full of a, a gay nightmare fairy creature. This place is called the Pink Palace, also, right? Is it? Is that what they call it? Yeah, that's crazy. I don't think it has a name. Does it in have the a book. name in the book? That's wild. I think it's called the Pink Palace, which is That's just like very Janelle Monae of them, <laughs> right? Such a gay name. That's yeah, wild. If, if that is not a gay, 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 gay name, like they're like, oh, and her parents are just like unsuspecting, like, oh yeah, go play with the neighbors, like, yeah, not like n- not even thinking about it, and it's like, okay, this like little baby gay is learning everything she knows from all the gay neighbors, plus. A talking cat. Plus a talking cat. I know. That's like her only friend is a cat. 
lesbian. So we have we have the dog gays, Coraline clearly coming cat up gay. as a cat gay. The mice gay upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> We've got all kinds of gays mm-hmm, all around mm-hmm. this apartment. Everywhere you look, a different kind of gay. What else? Yeah. I feel like there's something super gay about like Mr. Bobinski too being like in the quote unquote ordinary world. I feel like he's like a failed circus guy. Have you seen? Um, do you watch Modern Family? I do not super. There's this episode where Cam Cam has an ex boyfriend and it's Kelsey Grammer and he is a like ringmaster. Oh, I can see that. Ringmaster Keith. I can see that. And I feel like the the title of ringmaster is also a very flamboyant, right? It's like theater performers and a ringmaster. Like the ringmaster of a circus, when you think of a circus, circuses are the outcasts, right? The queer people, the like people who are on the outskirts of society. And like the gayest, most flamboyant one of all is the ringmaster. Mm-hmm. Is the master mm-hmm. of ceremonies, Mr. Bobinski. Mr. Bobinski. We've got theater gays. We've got circus gays. Like, we've got just... We've got them all. It's a lot of representation. So much I rep. also... Okay. Here's what I want to do. I want to do... You know how much I love to just um, fake our way through real deep analyses of stories. So, what do you mean, fake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little... Because we're going to be a little bit winging this. It's but fine. I want to go with it anyway. Go with okay. it. Okay. So here's what I want to talk about. So you have Coraline who shows up and she's like, oh, there's this passageway, but it's all bricked up. I can't see what's on the other side of it, right? Until she spends a little more time hanging out with some of her elderly gay neighbors. And then magically the passageway opens and she goes through this passageway and she's like, wow, it looks just like the world, but it's like a little different, right? Like suddenly the world is just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. it's got another mother in it, you know? Like, I don't know what that means yet, but I'm figuring it out. Like, what are the possibilities mm-hmm. that another mother opens up in my life? And as soon as she does that, she gets abandoned, right? Like, her parents suddenly are gone, and she's crying herself to sleep all alone because her parents are gone. Now that she has discovered this new, just slightly, slightly different... World world out there right so it's like i've made this discovery but it cost me my family at what cost was it worth it like is there a way that i can win them back wow i don't i don't know okay and so so okay so we have we have that right as a as a starting point sounds and, familiar and <laughs> and i want to talk about mr bobo gives her the rock right gives her a little rock and the rock becomes the way in like that she can find all of these missing souls right yes when you look through the rock you can see these souls glowing and so i just like listen i know it is always very obvious and evident when there is phallic imagery somewhere right Mm -hmm. it's left and right but that right <laughs> phallic imagery is like do you have something taller than it is wide okay if that's okay, phallic. Yes, yes anytime you have something with a hole in it interesting right? what are you where are you going with this Lee? i'm going with <laughs> the other type of imagery that you may have where it's like wow isn't it cool how there's this magical mystical world saving object in this story 
that is just a, like a a glorified small pebble version of like a big painting of a flower or something. Yeah. Right. Oh yes. Like so it's a, a very flower, flower, a imagery. little mm-hmm. George O'Keefe for us. Right. Very Where she's George like, O'Keefe wow, here. when I look through this, everything magical, is different. mystical. Uh, yeah. Hole, <laughs> I can see. The I world. can see your souls. Um, <laughs> that sounds. Yeah. I mean, she's having a lot of gay awakenings, Coraline. Let's be real. That's okay. That's all I'm saying. Right. No, is... Some good, some bad. You know, every gay experience she's having is turning her into the gay she's going to be, you know, like coming out she's working is a turbulent it. time. It's not, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, you know, it's there's a whole lot going on. In Sometimes you got to save the exes. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, yeah. I. Oh, shit. I realized how crazy this woman is. But I can't leave the exes behind. All right, let me help them out, too. Come on, bitches. We're all getting out of here. Yeah, we're all getting out of here together. And I will find you with my special vagina rock. That's Mm -hmm. all. That's all I'm saying. That's it. It makes sense. I just think... I mean, to be fair, you're like, oh, I'm I'm just going to swim through this thing to whatever. That's sort of what I was saying at the beginning of the two two worlds, not the vagina rock. That was all you. (laughs) Just (laughs) listeners, so you know, that was all Lee. (laughs) But the two were I didn't one... invent literary analysis, yes. Ellie. I'm just following the rules. Okay? Yes, exactly. If it's taller than wide, it's a penis. If it's a hole, it's a vagina. That's all it is. Okay. Also, in the movie, it is triangular shaped. Mm. I don't know if it's triangular. Fascinating. It is. <laughs> it is definitely round in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a triangle, so it's even more. Um, yeah, like that's you're talking about. that's very blatant. Yeah, man. No wonder they had to add YB. They really gated up. Huh? They really did. But I totally get what you're saying about just the worlds that are different, right? It's a slightly different world and it changes her perspective. It changes her worldview. And then she comes out of that being a little more gay. But also, like you said, then figuring out how can I reconcile with my parents? Yeah, I I cut off the toxic ex. mm -hmm. You know, I I escaped. But I think she's still forever changed by the gayness. Like, just because she's oh, like, sure. oh, I don't want to go into this gay underbelly. I feel like there's plenty of other gay. Ex- there's plenty of other gay experiences in the ordinary world. She just went like hardcore. Like, she- this is her like hitting every single gay bar the first year she comes out. And she's like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> too much gay. And then she's like, OK, now I figured it out. She's you like, know? maybe I don't need to hook up in the bathrooms every time. Yeah. Not every time. You know what I mean? Not every time. Not with but, not with everyone. Not with everyone who buys you a drink. You know, you gotta be a little more choosy, Coraline. That's all. I mean, honestly, if you wanna if you want to <laughs> with everyone who buys you a drink, that's also fine. <laughs> but yes. There's, you know, she's in the dark gay underbelly and she's like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, she's she's learned some shit. She comes yeah, and back then, a little and different. Then, the bell dam sends the hand after her and she's like, no, I'm over. I'm deleting your number. Like, you got to get in the wealth. Put the hand in the You wealth. know, um, the song Stay Away by Muna. All right. Well, the lyrics are, it goes, no one ever told me leaving was the easy part. I got to stay away. Mm. Right. Mm. So mm-hmm. she's like, oh, mm-hmm. is she like, it's also like, OK, I, I left. But no, my ex is still trying to get her claws in me. I got to stay away. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of gay subtext in this book. Yes. Incredible yeah. amount. 
this is this is what I was telling you. I I felt like there was there were some things we could dig into. You know, that's all. Um, I'm curious. So who's the remind me who the author is? The author's Neil Gaiman. Neil, wait, Gaiman. Yes, Gaiman. <laughs> Gaiman. Yes. Okay. His name. His name is Neil Gaiman. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Famous, famous, renowned author Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Do you do you not know who Neil Gaiman is? I know now. <laughs> You're like, yeah, he's the author of Coraline. Obviously. Yeah, he wrote Coraline. I'm just curious. What is Neil Gaiman's sexuality? As far as I know, Neil Gaiman is straight, but I think he's also very much an ally. Interesting. I mean, also, um, I was talking to someone about a Sheryl Crow song, which also I was like, should have been gay, but was like, you know, thinking it was a gay song, but Sheryl Crow was like, it's not gay, whatever. But we were just talking about how, like, the cool thing about all this stuff is that, like, the people who write it don't have to be gay for us to be like, you sort of wrote a gay story, right? Like, we can take whatever meaning we want from it. Like, it sort of also, like, adds to the fact that I feel like the gay experience is a universal experience in a way, even if you're not gay. Even though straight people don't quite grasp that but it's like everyone can understand this story about Coraline but like when you put it in a gay lens you're like damn that hits yeah yeah you know and I think yeah like it's like same with like a Tim Burton film or like I don't know there's like things about like this kind of genre that that genre of like the horror-esque children's literature that I feel like also like lends itself to queerness, like the Nightmare Before Christmas of it all. Oh yeah, you know. Um, again, because we as as queer people seemingly cannot stop projecting ourselves onto onto horror, horror creatures, <laughs> yeah, onto terrifying creatures of the night. Yes, <laughs> yes, correct. you're correct. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about about this book? I this I think we've covered most of my most of my points. I think we hit my big ones. Are we I, shipping anyone in this book? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel mean, for like, me, it's Miss Spink and Miss Forcible, though. Yeah, I think Miss Spink and Miss Forcible is our best bet because I just also I like how we sort of did this whole thing where we are wildly oscillating between the other mother being um gay with the mother and the other mother being Coraline's toxic first relationship and I'm just not even going to just try to make that a distinction it just is what it It is so I think we're shipping nobody let's ship Miss Pink and Miss Forcible perfect sporkable (laughs) (laughs) uh think think forcible spinkable Honestly, both of those names are so good. They're they're all pretty good, yeah. I think they're the only ones I can ship. Yeah, yeah. in in good conscience, that's the only two we can actually ship. Yes, and I will say, I was saying Coraline and the other mother in a in a metaphorical way. If she actually was her mother, that we're not even going to touch that shit. No, that's what this is why I said we're not going to try it. We're not going to try it. Just stop trying. No, no, walk it back. We're not talking about it. We're not. We're not. We're not going to figure it it out. We're just going to point out all the gay in it. That's all. Sounds good. All right, Lee. So what do you think? Coraline? Should have been gay. Should have been gay. Are you ready for our Q and gay? Oh, I'm so ready. Q. Q. And. Gay. All right. Question number one. Who's gayer? A, Coraline. B, the other mother. C, Miss Spink slash Miss Forcible. Um, I, listen, it is a real tough 
tie for me between the other mother and Miss Spink and Miss Forcible. I feel like I'm gonna say I think I think Miss Spink and Miss Forcible are healthier gays. I think the other mother has a whole lot of repressed gay this, that she needs to deal with. Gay swirl. Yeah. It's a lot. Ellie, this is a silly question for me to ask you, considering you just learned who Neil Gaiman is. Yep, so sorry. What's your favorite Neil Gaiman book out of Coraline, Stardust, Good Omens, or the Discworld series? I'm going to have to say a Coraline, because it's yeah. the only one that I know. Although, I will say Coraline was made into a movie. Stardust was made into a movie. Good Omens was made into a TV show. Um, I think Discworld, they keep teasing the idea that it's going to be a series or something someday. I don't know. Well, I got to check it out since clearly I don't read <laughs> so bad. I used to read so much. Lee, were you like one of those? Uh, there's like, I, I love when you see like those old memes that are like, you can tell you didn't read like 12 books for a pizza over the summer. You know what I mean? Like, I know you're not that kind of a kid or whatever. Were you that kind of kid who read the oh, books God, for yes. the pizzas? Oh, yeah. I yeah. just read the books for fun. I didn't even need yeah. a pizza. No, I used to really love reading. I think I just like honestly can't handle it. Like yeah. my brain can't handle sitting still for that long. I, you know what? I will Maybe say, I need to read. I read, <laughs> like, I read a lot. <laughs> I read a lot. I had a rough couple years after Eloise was born. It took. I spent like three years where I was like, I don't think I've read a book. Like it's a problem. I need to. I need to start reading again. It was really hard to find time. You know, yeah. when you have small children, and that was the one thing where I was just like, I can't find a way to fit this into my life again. Ah, uh, but yeah, no, I've gotten back into it, and I mean, not. A, a ton. I don't have as much time to read as I used to pre-children, but um, but yeah, I like I do I do I can I can recommend some books for you, Ellie. I'll get send you some, them my I'll way. Get you some I used to. Well, it's like I feel like I used to really like to read over the summer. Like I would read at the beach or I'd read at the pool or whatever. And then it's yeah. like probably go to the beach once or twice a year. So it's like okay, well, I'm gonna just like chill and go in the water and whatever. But maybe I'll. You can also do, Kelsey's been super into uh, audiobooks. Like, she really likes audiobooks. I could be down for that. Yeah, because same thing. I mean, it's just we don't have a lot of time. But she's like, but I can listen to stuff while I go on a run, do dishes. I do do have a lot of car time. All right, Lee, question number three. What was your favorite hiding place as a kid? A, the closet, B, behind a curtain, C, basement, or D, under the bed? Oh, I feel like I was always like an under the bed. Like, well, I guess it depends on what kind of hiding you were doing. If it was like hide and seek type. I like I'm I was small, still small, small person. Mm. Um, so I always liked to, you know, you could kind of like slither into the, the tight little spaces. I did not. I would freak out if I was under the bed. Well, I mean, I don't want to live under there. You know, <laughs> <Still>. <laughs> I don't want to stay. <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan. I used I did used to like having like small spaces though, where you could be like, here's my little nook. Like I liked a nook. I always liked mm. a nook. You know. Okay. Question four, Ellie. Do you think the other mother's hand is really trapped? Yes or no. No, she's coming back. Yeah, dude. it's uh, That's not a good enough. You got to no. like blast that thing into outer space or something. Yeah. Right? Girl's coming back. Yeah. You got to yeah. get it into orbit. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number five. What's the gayest pet? A cat, B dog, or C trained mice? I, they're all gay. All of the above. <laughs> all of the above. Agreed. The answer is all of the above. Yeah. Yes. Remember, listeners, you can answer our Q&A questions on our Twitter at Let's Hang Up Pod. Let me hear you say hip, 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 we're gay. We love hearing from you and building community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. I'd like to personally shout out Kaylee, 
who reached out to me personally on Instagram, but this message is you as well, Lee, who said she's a huge fan of Let's Hang Out, wanted to thank us for all the hard work we do on the podcast, and she's also thinking of starting a podcast of her own. So love it. Can't wait to see it, Kaylee. We love to see it, Kaylee. Also, we got a lovely message from one of our favorite patrons, Liz Shen, who sent us a clip of a trailer to a extremely short-lived 80s show called Partners in Crime, starring Linda Carter and Lonnie Anderson. And I just, it looks delightfully like it, it should have been gay. And also, we just, um, you know, hey, Liz, thanks for emerging from um, Babyland to, to say, say hi. hi to <laughs> this thing's gay. This thing's gay. It's the best reason to really, you know, poke your head out. So great. Love it. We'd also like to shout out Florel, who reached out to us via email. And please send us more emails if you're out there. We love reading them. Who said, I've been listening to your podcast from Montreal, and you guys are like a breath of fresh air. Oh, stop, Florel. <laughs> Ellie's like, stop. What did you say? Going, stop, I find don't. you inspiring, yeah. yet grounded. And most importantly, every time I finish an episode, I have a reflection with myself. We do not have enough lesbian content here. No lesbian bars. Just a very eclectic and free queer community, which is great. But there's a little something, something missing. So we're glad we can be that little something, something for you in your little queer community. Love it. Always, we want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Tanya Ferguson, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, Aidy Benitez, Fiona W., Sophia Phillips, and our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Andrea Doucette, and Julia Gonzalez. Thank you all so much to you and to all of our patrons. We could not keep doing this show without all of your support. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Let's Hang Out Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up every week. We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. Les Hangout is an independently produced show. It's hosted by us. Our audio production is done by Ellie. Our production assistant is Krista Murison. And Twitter shenanigans and various other social medias are done by me. If you want to support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. We love hearing what you have to say. If you want to support us, you can join our Patreon. You get ad-free episodes, access to our Discord chat, Les Essentials viewing parties, all sorts of good stuff. You can find it at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash shop. We have some fun teas, totes, tanks, all about how gay and beautiful you all are. So if you want to get that, you can get it at bit.ly slash shop. Remember, we also have a queer production company where we are making queer podcast musicals with guaranteed happy endings. You can find us everywhere at at dollarbeanprod. Or at our website, dollarbeanproductions.com. You can check out all of the episodes of our first show, The Flame. They are up on any podcasting app. And if you want to help support us in making more musicals, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash dollarbeanpatreon. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSHFoster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out.